Welcome to Hour 2 of Sportsnet Today. I'm Peter Klein filling in for Logan Gordon for the next week. Uh, taking your Flames texts and more coming up at 2.30. Uh, I'm very pleased to be joined now down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline by Ailish Forfar, the host of the Fan Pregame. Um, Ailish, how are you today? Hey, good to chat with you. A new voice. How's it going, Peter? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Um, it, we'll, we'll see if it's fun by the end of it. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I tend to wear on people after a while. Um, the, the the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, never a boring subject to, to talk about. Um, coming off of a strong performance last night against the Washington Capitals, 4-1. to one, And a, a lot of talk uh, around this team right now is uh, around the goalie. Is this now Wall's world that we're living in out in Toronto? I really think so, and I don't think it's a controversy as some of the words that we might have used previously. I think he's really just earned himself this opportunity in that last game that we saw him when he came in relief on Saturday uh, when Samsonov let in three goals and four shots, which obviously is not ideal. He's just a pretty steady force. Um, I think he's very calming in the net, whereas Samsonov can be a little rambunctious, a lot of sliding around the crease. Uh, what Joseph Wall has done so far in all of his NHL ex- uh, opportunities, which hasn't been many, is just be a different type of presence for the Maple Leafs. Uh, he's super young. He's way less experienced than Samsonov. But at this point, it's early enough in the season that I think you should give him a little bit of runway. I don't think it comes at the uh, it should come at the expense of Ilya Samsonov's like feelings being hurt or him feeling like he's lost that chance. But you kind of have to ride with the hot hand. You look at how some of the the seasons have begun for other teams throughout the same division as the Maple Leafs. Like you can't afford to kind of be tinkering and trying to, you know, make one person happy by giving it like an equal share. I think Samsonov has to kind of look across the crease and say, this kid is outperforming me. What can I do in the meantime to get myself ready for my next start? But I would anticipate that Joseph Wall gets the next opportunity that the Leafs play, which is tomorrow night against the stars, which is not an easy test. And then maybe Samsonov gets Saturday night um, against the Predators, which also still not nothing is an easy test. Uh, but early on in the season, I think that Joseph Wall has been a really bright storyline and someone that I think a lot of Maple Leafs fans feel could be a, even a nice cheap homegrown option, which is something we never say here in Toronto, a cheap homegrown <laughs> option. So I think there's been like an extra set of eyeballs on just the fact that he makes so little money right now and they came up through the system. So it's a nice feel good story as well. And he's a nice kid. He's super different. Like he's very reserved to himself, doesn't have social media. He went off this summer hiking in like the Alps by himself and said, I'm not even bringing my phone. So you just let, You'll see me when I see me, and I know goalies are a little bit weird, but I think he's a he's a unique type of uh, netminder for the Maple Leafs. Wow, yeah, I I mean I wouldn't do that if I was a goalie or not, but good for him. Um, Same. I, I, I would like to see um, Samsonov's argument. No, did you see my? save against Tampa Bay come on um but <laughs> that no. one singular save <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah the, the other three but the one come on um <laughs> but with, like it, it always kind of struck me that this was going and again from a few provinces away but it did kind of strike me this was like Samsonov wasn't going to make 65 starts or anything like that this year it's kind of be going to be a 55 45 split it just might now be that wall is on it like you said it, Samsonov isn't now going to go down in the Marlies or anything he's still going to be probably an important part of this team it's just the the 1a and the 1b might be switched now right 
For sure. And when Samsonov came in last year with Murray, I think it felt more like a earn your spot. And then obviously we know Matt Murray didn't earn much um, except for LTIR and the rest of his career probably in that sense. And so Ilya Samsonov might have gotten off a little easier in terms of the competitiveness that he had to have against his netminder. But this year's different. And not to be forgotten that Martin Jones is sitting there at the Marlies and he's got some experience. I mean, I'm not... I'm not waving the Martin Jones uh, banner from the Sportsnet uh, studios here, but I think it's interesting. There is another guy in the system that could come in if something were to happen or if Samsonov were to fall off or even Joseph Wall were to fall off. Like it's a good story right now, but you know, you need to see a little bit more than two or three games to feel like you've got your number one starter. But yeah, I think a one, a one B system can be really helpful. And I also think if you approach it in the right way, like if you're really a Samsonov and you feel I'm going to be more competitive than I am going to be hard on myself. Then that's kind of a, a nice roster battle and both goalies will be wanting to put up their best performances. And the Maple Leafs certainly need that because defensively they're still lacking a little bit of stability back there. So if you can have a netminder that is going to battle his hardest every night to try to keep himself in the net, that's, that's going to help the Maple Leafs a lot. Um, I wasn't going to, but you just reminded me I should have brought up the, the defense. Um, it, it kind of felt like this offseason was, all right, they're going to make a move on the blue line. They're going to make, a, yeah, it's Klingberg, but they're going to make another move. They're going to make another move. And then the season just kind of started. Um, has has someone kind of stood out to you positively or I guess negatively on that Leafs blue line in the, the first handful of games this year? You know, I've kind of flip-flopped on Klingberg a few times, and I feel like that's kind of going to be the way that we all discuss him. Coming in, I was, I would say, very skeptical about what his presence was going to be because he is super offensive and not very defensive. And as a defenseman, you kind of have that in your title. Um, you need to play a little bit of solid defense. So I think I was a little bit... Mm, prove it to me. In the first couple of games, he did have a presence, uh, but now we're seeing kind of like the highs and lows of John Klingberg, right? And it, it's hard to think that that's going to be a fun experience to be on a roller coaster all season long. So I still feel like there's a little bit of a, let's find a nice steady in between, but I just don't think that's the player. So I think maybe we are thinking that he can change, but he will not change who he is. I will say the bright spot has been Morgan Riley. Last year in the playoffs, he was one of the Maple Leafs best players from top to bottom uh, obviously we know what he did in the playoffs to help them get over the hump into the second round and he started the season extremely well um, a- as well so I think that he is obviously a veteran he's going to be signed for the longest amount of time on this team he is sometimes people call him the the captain without the sea right like he leads by example so he has been a really steady presence on the blue line uh, he's going to be shouldering a lot of that I think because they've got some moving pieces, but Riley has certainly been a bright spot and Klingberg has been kind of the Klingberg experience um, that we've gotten from other teams that have said, Hey, uh, you know, this is what to expect from this guy. I will say Timothy Lilgren um, will be someone that we hope can make bigger steps this year. He's young, uh, but they held on to him with a lot of confidence that he could improve his game. And I've seen those steps in the right direction. And I know I'm giving you too many answers here, but Mark Giordano, who's 40 something years old, He's actually looks pretty good to start the season. I think a lot of concerns about his age, but he's playing a good amount of minutes. He's still blocking shots, leading the league all time in that. Um, and I think he's he's come out with a, a good, strong start. I just hope that they don't have to ride his minutes too much because we don't need to see a decline um, in someone that's already that old. So I, I think there's a lot of room for improvement, but those are my three kind of sticking points after only six games. Look, the, you can take all the time you want talking about Mark Giordano in this market. Uh, p- people are 100% <laughs> behind that, so no, that, that's for sure. Um, 
on the, the the Riley one, I know that was a, a couple of names ago, but uh, on Riley, I feel like he kind of gets underrated just because the Leafs are perpetually looking for another defenseman and to improve um, that blue line. He kind of gets lumped in, but he's just been this steady dude since coming out of the, the Western League in, in 12-13. Like, it just, it feels like he kind of gets lumped in with everything else that they try out there, where he actually is one of the more reliable guys in the league, it seems like. A hundred percent. He's, he is super underrated. I think in our market also, because we talk a lot about the core four and a lot of times it's like the core four should really include Morgan Riley as well. Right. And just because his defense doesn't mean that he shouldn't be viewed as a staple of this Toronto Maple Leafs team. He kicked off the scoring yesterday, his first of the night. I know last year it took him till around January to get his first goal of the year. Uh, we're not just counting goals for defensemen, but what he does is just bring that presence. If you can rely on him, Honestly, I feel like almost every single night to give a 100% effort. And if he makes a mistake, he's the first one to try to, to fix it, to capitalize on an opportunity to, to help level that out, right? Like he isn't a guy that has bad body language. He isn't a guy that takes nights off. He works hard in the corners. He blocks shots. He's an offensive guy. I think the only time that you have concerns about Morgan Riley is when he tries to play outside of who he is. If he tries to do too much, maybe it's like, I'm going to score a goal. We saw that sometimes in the playoffs last year when he was like more offensive than some of the, um, the, the offense on the team. But I think Morgan Riley Leafs fans are lucky to have had so many years with him and still so many to come. I have a lot of time for Morgan Riley. I think he's just a great guy on and off the ice as a leader as well. So uh, certainly underrated, but he has been a bright spot, maybe the brightest spot um, on the whole defensive end of, of the Maple Leafs to start the season. Uh, one of the, the other real bright spots for Toronto has obviously been William Nylander. Uh, five goals, five assists in six games. When, when you're almost rocking a goal per game, things are going pretty well for you so far. And it, it almost feels like it's not even just that. Like He kind of feels like he takes over some games at times. Uh, that's what I've seen. What have you seen from William Nylander? And how many zeros has he added to that paycheck this upcoming offseason? Uh. That's the funny thing is because I, if I watch as a hockey fan, which I try to do, I just have so much like admiration for the type of player that William Melander is. He, and you're right. He can, he has taken control of the start of the season in ways that you kind of hoped for so many times in William Melander's career where you're like, if he just turned it on now, or if he just strung together two or three games like this, the way he started this season He's like a bat out of hell. Like every time he touches the puck, something special is going to happen. He is so like aesthetically pleasing to watch the way he can just go end to end and make defensemen look like pylons. But what I've been the most impressed with is consistency so far, right? That's been the whole William Nylander story here in Toronto, at least, has been, well, he doesn't do it all the time, or he doesn't do it um, when they really need it, or he only shows up at the playoffs, or he doesn't show up for the first half of the season. But right now, he has been the best, most consistent player for the Maple Leafs offensively. Defensively, that's not really William Nylander's strong suit, right? We're not asking him to play like Austin Matthews. We're asking him to be William Nylander, and the zeros are the part that you watch all this, you feel all warm and fuzzy and giddy when you watch him play. And then the analyst broadcaster side of me goes, Oh no, <laughs> they're never <laughs> going to afford this guy. But I just try to live in the moment, Leafs fans. Cause right now all we hear is that Willie Melander loves Toronto. He loves playing for the Maple Leafs. He wants to be a Maple Leaf. And that's all I'm going to listen to when I see tweets about, well, I should have signed him when he was a nine. Now he's going to be a 10. I'm like, I know. I just don't want to see it right now. Let me enjoy the highlight reels of William Nylander, but he has been absolutely outstanding. And I think that the biggest 
question marks that we had coming into the season was, well, this contract's really going to screw him up. The fact that he doesn't have anything figured out yet, you know, how is he going to play? And it's like, he doesn't care whatsoever. He's like, I'm going to be the best player out there and someone's going to pay me. So I kind of like the nonchalant um, attitude that Willie Nylander has. He's a pretty calm, cool, and collected guy. He's not going to get overworked about anything. And it seems like all he wants to do is play really good hockey. And we'll take that. And we'll discuss the money down the road, okay? But for now, I'm really enjoying what he's done for this team. And alongside John Tavares, too, like it needs to be mentioned that he has had just as, as great as a start as William Nylander. He's not as flashy, but he's as consistent. He's like the Morgan Riley in that sense of just like a steady point-per-game guy right now, even more so um, alongside William Nylander. They both look great to start the season. I, I just think that the Leafs are, are too offensively uh, top-heavy. They, they should clearly trade him to say, I don't know, just pulling a team out of thin air here. Uh, Calgary for, say, a Noah Hannafin or something Whoa. like that. Uh, you know, I just, just... There's, there's some rumors we could start. <laughs> Man, uh, the season doesn't start until there's a Flames defenseman for Leafs forward trade rumor that comes up. Yeah. Uh, for a while, it was Brody for Nylander. Now you just have both of them. Um, moving on, uh, yesterday, 16 games across the league. Um we, we and now we're going to break down all of them. No, um, but what what did you make of the the frozen frenzy yesterday? Is that something you'd like to see a, a little bit more from this league? So we were broadcasting the Leafs game here, which was the nice six p.m. start. So I, I actually was kind of pumped that we got a six p.m. Eastern time start. We were the first game. We got our pregame show in, and then my co-host and I, Justin Cusper, we're watching and we're doing the breakdowns and the intermissions and the postgame. So we didn't get to see the real frenzy until after the Leafs game was done. But then it was just it was like almost overwhelming. You know, those, that meme where the guy's pointing at the wall and there's all the – I don't even know what show that's from. You know what I'm talking about. Where yeah. He's got his hand at the wall. Yeah, that one. That's how I felt trying to watch <laughs> – the rest of the games, but I loved it because too often the schedule seems like even tonight, there's one hockey game on tonight, one hockey game. It's like, well, come on. There, there couldn't have been more room for two, for five, for six. Like I just sometimes feel like the scheduling is pretty lopsided, heavy night, no, no hockey. And I know the broadcast rights are one thing, but it felt like a really fun day. I felt like if you were a casual fan, you got an experience to watch different teams that you hadn't before, which is kind of the point of, of growing the game, right? You could flip from game to game to game to game and, and do the whole frenzy of it all. Um, I really like the idea. I hope that it landed well um, in both North America and, and all over the world, right? Because that's kind of the point of it. I hope they do it more. I like that the Leafs got theirs out of the way first so we had more <laughs> of the evening. We weren't like jam-packed in the thick of it all. Uh, but the idea is great, um, and I certainly hope that they try to do it again, even if it was just like once a year, like a fun tradition, and then they, they, and there's a lot of work for everybody. But as a viewer, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it was also made easier by the fact that the team you guys played wasn't all that great. Um, the, the Washington oh. Capitals, I want to get your thought on this, and then uh, I know you have things like a show to do, uh, so we'll, we'll let you go. <laughs> okay. But um, Washington, are they just bad now? Yeah, it's kind of tough, right? Like, I, it's hard to say that a team has kind of fallen, but it felt like they had fallen watching them last night. Um, the Ovi story is really special. Ovechkin is possibly going to do something that we will never see again, um, and it feels like that's all they care about. Like, their team is hanging on by a thread. They're pretty old. And it almost feels like the OV experience for the next probably two or three seasons until he gets his goal record, then they'll fully decide to tear it down. But even last night, like I, somebody here at the station used the word shameless about him taking 10 shots in the first period. And I kind of <laughs> laughed about it, but then I thought, I mean, that's kind of perfect because 
that's what it was. He just needed to score a goal, and he shot the puck 12 times in the first period, landed 10 of them, 10 shots in the first period. I, I used to play professional hockey. I don't think I got 10 shots in a season. Like, this guy was firing the puck from anywhere and everywhere to try to get a goal. And, uh, and that's not really, like, the beauty of it, but you have to respect the hustle. The guy wants to get the goal record. That was his first of the season. You could tell that he knew that it, he was falling behind and that if he didn't score last night, he would have – you know, had the longest drought ever in his career. Like he knows, he knows what's going on. So but behind the, the Ovi story, I think is, it's kind of, it's kind of tough right now, probably to be a Washington Capitals fan, as you know, that you're not going to be doing anything productive this season, except for hopefully seeing Ovi get closer and closer to that goal record. But they didn't really have anyone of any like emphasis out there. Um, we, we know Tom Wilson really well in this market. He didn't really stand out other than getting a misconduct for screaming at the refs. But, you know, it, it's kind of sad because the Penguins are kind of how you compare those two teams. Like it's Crosby and Ovi. And the Penguins have some good stuff going on there. Like they've tried something different this year. They're not willing to throw in the towel yet, obviously with Kyle Dubas and getting some big acquisitions this offseason. So, yeah, the Capitals are bad. I think that's a pretty simple way to put it. Uh, it is tough to watch someone that, you know, could have the – the best ever goal scoring pedigree in his life now have to try to grind it out and take shots from everywhere and anywhere and jump his own body into the net, which he did. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I, I, I'm hoping I don't have to tune into many Washington Capitals games this year. It's, it's kind of the, uh, the way I left feeling after watching that for two and a half hours. Yeah. The flames have already played them once, which means I'm probably only going to watch oh, one boy. more Capitals game this season. Uh, <laughs> oh, good for you guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. There, there are some... Hey, didn't um, they beat you, though? Oh, I thought they... Didn't they win that yeah, one yeah. game? Look, oh, we don't... sorry. We don't need to, to go over the results. <laughs> this wasn't a recap of that game. I'm just happy it's over with. Um, you know what? Well, just you for... have, wait, well, you guys have a fun weekend, right? Like, with the big Heritage Classic? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it feels fun out here right now, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's fun. That's the emotion we're feeling, is fun um after what the the flames did last night against the rangers uh alish this was yeah. fun thank you very much for uh for doing this and then ruining at the end um where, where can people no find you <laughs> um we have our show on 6 p.m eastern here on sportsnet 590 and it's actually sportsnet across the tv networks as well so you can tune that on here at 6 p.m eastern so whatever time that is for you guys and uh we have a podcast as well called the fan pregame so you can check that out and my socials are alish for far so appreciate it guys and and enjoy this weekend i hope you get a chance to see it all it'll be a fun one yeah it's it's going to be a lot of fun uh we, we are looking forward to it even though both teams are just in a, a slow death crawl right now uh alish thank Someone's you very much win. <laughs> yeah exactly there you go all right have Thanks a good so one much. thank you uh, there is Ailish Forfar, uh, the host of the fan pregame, uh, as she just mentioned there. Um, we are coming to you today from the DL Basement Systems downtown studio, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementing. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Uh, it is a big night for yours truly as we get ready for a, a little basketball. The World Series is set, and I'm not done yelling about the Flames. Uh, so we'll do all of that in the, uh, the the last part of the show. All of your texts are welcome at 960-960. I was asking you guys before reasons for optimism around uh, the Calgary Flames, and we, we've had a, a couple of differing opinions on this, so I want to keep it coming. Uh, at 960-960, one person texted in saying, 
saying zero optimism. This team has shown no heart, energy, or will to do anything positive, uh, which is going to go on my tombstone. This group needs to check themselves or this season will be over sooner than later. Embarrassing. 100% pathetic. Uh, that coming from Nelson. Someone else don't agree at all. This team looks entirely different this season. Fun to watch. The sky isn't falling. It's just a new coach with a new system. I will address that part now. Um, the, the new coach with the new system thing. I would buy that if, A, we heard that from the beginning instead of when it started to get bad. Like, it wasn't new coach, new system when they put up four against Buffalo the other game. Um, it, it wasn't that when it was against Winnipeg on opening night. But now that they've struggled a little bit, oh, it's, it's the new system. Also, I find it interesting that it's, oh, well, new system. But the guys who were good last year have picked it up already. And the guys who weren't good last year haven't. It, it just it's strictly coincidence how, how that has worked out. So I, I understand that. I, I don't give that one as much um, time just because, like I said, like last year, who were the best players? Like Toffoli, who kind of doesn't count this year. Uh, but it was Manjapani had some moments, but like whoever was with Backlund and Coleman were the, the guys. And this year it's kind of whoever is with Backlund and Coleman. And last night it was Manjapani. So I, I just, I don't know if I'm necessarily putting that much into it. I was quite down on this team. If you, uh, I, either way, if you agree with me, let me know. Um, but if you disagree, if there is something that has given you optimism around the Calgary flames, even after a three, one loss against the New York Rangers last night, um, let me know because I, I am searching for it right now. It has been a disappointing start to the season for the Calgary Flames. Maybe a William Nylander trade is what this team needs. Uh, we're going to take an early break here. I hope that's okay. Producers in there. Uh, and then we'll come back with your texts and some rapid fire set, um, topics to close the show today here on Sportsnet today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Peter Klein with you today as Logan Gordon takes uh, the rest of the week and into next week off. This is Sportsnet today from the DL Basement Systems downtown studio on a simply crummy day outside. Maybe that's why I'm so upset about the flames. It's like, you know what? This is my distraction from the fact that there's snow and it's gross outside. And this is supposed to make me feel better. And then they on the ice. And now I'm upset about it. One thing that will make you happy, I know I said I wouldn't need you guys, but now I'm just going to talk to you, and you guys don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, we, This is a little off the sports thing, but we'll, we'll get back to yelling about the Flames in a second. Some good texts have come in at 960-960. Um, one thing that has made the, this first blast of winter so much more enjoyable is this is essentially the first time our puppy is seeing snow, and it is the cutest thing I've experienced in my entire life a little trepidatious at first, like one paw individually at a time. Like, are, are we doing this? And then ripping around like a crazy person in the snow. So um, if, if you're feeling down about the snow and you have the means and will be responsible about owning it, uh, just get a dog. It'll make everything feel better. But yeah. You just need to post all of these videos on social media for everybody to enjoy. That's true. I am really bad about doing that um and sharing the the greatness that is my dog with everyone else but yeah L little bellini loves some snow little bellini little bellini what a cutie yeah oh she's adorable i mean she's huge she's gonna be like 300 pounds that's an exaggeration but she's already big but she is still having that puppy energy and the the snow she's just ripping around it's adorable she gets all like Anyway, I could go on about my dog the whole time, but she gets a little snow beard and it's the cutest thing ever. All right, 960-960. I think the Flames have a lot of reasons to be worried. Some people disagree with me. Others agree. Uh, we will get into it. Also, I just want to say, I just saw this social media post. Um, apparently, on Frozen Frenzy last night, 
someone correctly got all 16 games right on a parlay. Um, and so a $2 rate wager won them $13,604. Yeesh. That is, uh, th- that's, you know what that is? Good return on the investment. High ROI on that one. You that know is... what that is? It's a sign to put a 16 leg parlay on as soon as you can. Yeah. That's, that's your sign to get a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Get a puppy with that one. Um, if you miss that by one, then you have to get a puppy because you're going to be so upset. Like you, you, you really only lost $2, but you'd feel like you lost $13,000 because by game like 13, you've already started mentally spending that, right? Like I'll put the TV here. Yeah. I'll get one of those weird jumbotron thingies. I'm going to have that here. Uh, we'll get another TV that like you've already spent the whole thing. So that would be that. Yeah, that would be quite the thing with those because you see them a lot like, oh, man, this person hit a nine game parlay. How many different versions of those are there? Like, did that person put out? Um, I can't do it off the top of my head. How many different versions of that there would be? But did that person do like 45 different two dollar parlays and one of them hit, which is still an insane amount of money that you would win coming off of that. But I always wonder, or did they just go one for one? Just boom, we're doing that one. And it, it ended up working. I, I wonder about those things, but I'm skeptical after all these years of being around bitter old men at the station and now being the bitter old man myself. Um, Okay. Last night was a disappointing night for the Calgary flames. Um, First game back after a long road trip, the team did not end the road trip very well, but they had a pretty good night on home ice the first time they played. So maybe things would go around and it was such a lackluster performance that I am now worried. So I'm asking you on the text line, should I be send in the text at nine, six, zero, nine, six, zero. If you see a reason for optimism, let me know. Um, and one of the, the main reasons for optimism has been, uh, this text that's been sent in here. The one point of optimism is Markstrom. Um, and I completely agree with that. Like he, he has looked nothing like the goalie from last year. He is the one thing that has tran that, that hasn't transferred from last year to this year, where it seems like we've just control C control V our way into this season. He is the, the one that is that the weird font that for some reason came over. He is the one that has kind of mixed things up a little bit and has actually really impressed so far. If that continues, and if any of these guys can get their bleep together, then this is going to be a much better season for the Flames. So much of it was riding on what Jacob Markstrom could do. Um, that if if this is just a, a legitimate turnaround, and I get last night the stats aren't going to look great, two of those goals weren't on him, and it's not his fault the Rangers just don't shoot the puck a ton. Um, but I, I think Markstrom, Markstrom is a reason for optimism. Uh, there is no... There is absolutely no- nothing I can do to, to kind of counter that point. But we have a, a few others here. Someone's saying that you, you uh, that the only way they feel better about things is if Kiprasov came back. Um, I mean, look, he could be a number two still. We, we don't know what that guy's uh, regiment has been. Um, someone sent in a comparison that we had to Google to make sure that that's actually what it was. Uh, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, which basically uh, lipstick on a pig, chicken salad out of chicken, um, th- those sorts of things. Um, Huberto looks lost. Kadri is counting his money. Both anchors, uh, both of them are boat anchors. Yeah, that it feels not, it feels not great with those two guys specifically, right? Like Huberto I don't think it's for lack of trying. Like, I don't think Kadri's just like, yeah, I got my money. I'm good. But it, it just, they have, neither of them had, ha, have had the impact on games that you would like. And I talked about it with Steinberg when I was on a couple of weeks ago, when, when Johnny would take over games, it was noticeable, right? Like he, 
he had the, the magic mitts and he was dancing out there and it was all these different things. Um, with Huberto, a, a lot of the times where he is going well, it's much more understated, but it, it's still not going super well. Like he, he isn't creating, he isn't elevating those around him. Kadri certainly isn't. Kadri is in a real funk right now, it seems. And it does seem like he is trying to work his way out of it, but it's just not there w- with him. So both of those guys are absolutely... Um, Prime targets one and two for guys who have to be better for this Flames team to to get going. Uh, Stephen Calgary, they look disorganized. Sutter had a very tight structure, and there is some learning to be done with the new system. No structure leads to sloppy play and bad turnovers. They need to get on the same page quickly and figure out the new system. I think they have on the defensive side of things. Like The defense has got better, I think, every game that this Flames team has played so far this season. And I just I can't imagine that the offense of system is so much more intricate that they would need to figure it out. Someone texted in, I don't buy the new system unless the new system was don't score goals, um, which I I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Someone is um, saying trade Wolf for Nylander. The Flames would be taking on about $6 million extra in salary cap space that they wouldn't be able to have. So you, you, you would have to do something there. But yes, William Nylander would fix all of the problems this Flames team has, right? Like they, they need a game-breaking offensive player. I think he is exactly that. Now, we are seeing with Rasmus Anderson's injury, maybe this isn't a uh, blue line that has as much depth on it as we would like to maybe admit. I think we saw that last year when Valimaki left in waivers. Um, all of a sudden, things got... Pretty thin, pretty quick on this team's blue line. But yeah, I think realistically, if there's going to be a, a big improvement to this offense, it might have to be an external add to, to kind of get things going. Because I just, the way it has been going with this team, I don't see it. And I don't think a, a Connor, uh, Connor Zari call-up call up, sorry, is going to be the, the, the final thing that breaks this team through offensively or anything like that. It either has to be Huberto remembers who he is and who he was from a couple of years ago, or this team makes a trade. Um, I, uh, aside from that, it's going to be, it's going to be tough and it's incredibly frustrating to, to see it here again, because it was supposed to be different. Well, we'll close with a bit more Flames talk, but I do want to get to uh, a couple of other things on the show. We had uh, perfectly timed breaking news during uh, Ask Andy that you can get in podcast form. Um, probably now. I don't know. Cam seems kind of slow, but what? Well, yeah, well, it's probably up there. He was up 10 minutes after we were done. Oh, look at you go. Good for you. One day in a row doing his job. I don't know you well enough to be chirping you like this. I'm sure you're fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we found out that Brock Purdy is out with a concussion. Well, not out. He is in concussion protocol. Um, the spread on that game has moved from five and a half. Um, San Francisco uh, favored over the Bengals, I believe. Um, it's moved from five and a half to uh, just Cincinnati plus four, which I can't imagine. Brock Purdy means an extra point and a half in that game, but that's another story for another time. Um, That really would be an interesting wrinkle for a San Francisco team that does feel like they've hit a bit of a speed wobble right now. They do still feel like at worst, the second best team in the NFC, but um, Brock Purdy has been able to, to kind of keep that one between the white lines so far. Sam Darnold, I do think can do that. And I think there is that I still, he is one I can't quit. And he has given me every reason to quit because last year was just awful. Um, but I, I, I have been able to blame the lack of weapons around him and the, the lack of help around him with the, the Jets and with the Panthers. Um, 
he would be all out of excuses if it didn't work in San Francisco, one of the like two or three most talented teams in the National Football League. But an interesting note there because like that is such a huge game. I don't know how that's not flexed to, to Sunday night with the, uh, the the Bears taking on the Chargers instead as the Sunday nighter because you either have the Bengals who will drop to three and four if they lose that game or the 49ers will lose three in a row. And uh, like Andy said, you have Seattle breathing down your neck. And I, I don't think that the Rams are done out in the NFC either. So that this is a, a huge, huge game in San Francisco, maybe going into it shorthanded. Uh, we haven't seen much else for breaking news from the football world. Um, but if we do, I will consider letting you know. Uh, also tonight, it is night one of the National Basketball Association for most people anyway. Uh, last night, it was Denver uh, with a win over the Lakers. Also, you had uh, the Suns beating Golden State, which admittedly opened my eyes a little bit. Um, and we'll bring Cam in again because um, you said you were doing something, but I'm going to bring you on anyway. <laughs> um, Just working. Yeah, Hopefully. no, that's, that's all. Uh, <laughs> the, the Raptors at home tonight taking on the Timberwolves. Raptors favored by a point over a Minnesota team that... I think needs to get off to a good start this year. And I, I think can actually be a pretty good regular season team. I have no idea what to make of this Raptors team. You could tell me that last year was kind of like last year here in Calgary, where it's just everything went wrong. Nobody liked each other. Everything was terrible. There was trade rumors around everyone. And now some of that may be alleviated and everything's going to be fine. But talent wise, you cannot tell me they got better this year, uh, going from Fred Van Vliet to Dennis Schroeder, even though he had a good World Cup. I I do not know what to make of this Raptors team, but Cam, I think part of that is because I just don't want to believe that they are just bad. Yeah, I mean, when you lose a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who's such a, such a driver on that point guard position, and, like, listen, I don't want to put any disrespect on Dennis Schroeder, because I think he's a very good player. Is he a starting caliber point guard right now? I don't really think so. Um, you're, you're grateful to keep Pascal Siakam, OG, Scotty Barnes. You hope Grady Dick is going to be this incredible um, rookie who's going to light it up with 20 points tonight, but I don't think it's really going to happen. What is this Raptors team? You, we don't really know. It's the same with the Flames. It's it's a, it's a bunch of pretty good players mm -hmm. who are on a team together, but the, the Raptors just don't have the depth. I don't know. I'm not... I don't love I don't love the look of it right now. No, um, I, I do think that a, a full year with Pirtle helps. I, I think that this team going into last year, just with no one playing center was a bit of a stretch. And we're seeing now that like the two, two of the four best players in the league play center like that. That is still a position that matters in this league. So having one seems to, to help. And I, I do think they've made a couple of moves to improve the depth. Like uh, we're all very excited about uh snappy dresser, Grady Dick um, Jalen McDaniels helps the depth out a little bit. And speaking of players, I can't quit. I am in year three on calling for the breakout of precious Achua. Um, so we'll, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. All he needs to do is just like, he has every tool at just like 65%. If he can get a couple of them up to the 80 or 90, then, then he's going to be really good. Um, and I, I think Malachi Flynn could be something this year. But if he's not, then yeah, they have nothing at point guard. And I, I think it's more likely that this team is kind of picked apart for parts at the uh, trade deadline. I think that's where they should go. Honestly, they should blow this thing up, yeah. right? Like, and I, like, I, I love Scotty Barnes. I have a uh, an, an old school Raptors Pascal Siakam jersey. OG Ananobi 
is just like he is so much fun to have on your favorite team. But this team's going nowhere. I, I think that this does have to be a team that kind of blows things up and tries to start over. Now, the time for it would have been last year because there's a seven foot four dude coming into the league who would have been nice to, to have a couple of cracks at draft lottery wise a season ago. And this year's draft is not supposed to be overly spectacular. So you may have missed the window on on that one to, to blow this thing up. But I do think if they are even flirting with just a play in spot, you, you have to look at moves involving basically everyone but Scotty Barnes. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, I mean, Pascal, he's he's in his prime. He wants to be on a winning team. I think OG probably already has a foot out the door mentally. You know, there was talks about trade rumors with OG. I, I The trade deadline is going to be a huge, huge time for this team. I think we're going to see a lot of movement. I think you're right. Picked apart for scraps. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's probably what it's going to... Now, Good scraps, high quality scraps. Please, you know, graphics. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, you look at like if a, a team in the West wants to to make a move, or I think the one that lines up perfectly with this is the Knicks, who feel like they are kind of one piece. I have the Knicks third this year in the East behind uh, Boston, Milwaukee, and that a lot of that is I think Philadelphia is going to be an absolute tire fire this year. Um, and so I, I think the Knicks move into that second spot in the division and they kind of separate from that tier. Like realistically, it's what one spot higher than I had them uh, or than where they finished last year when they finished fourth and made it to the second round, but they would be a perfect landing spot for like an OG and an OB. Um, and maybe they bring in an, an RJ Barrett to try to rekindle something. Cause he has been kind of all over the place and with Brunson and um, Randall and then either OG or maybe a Siakam or whatever, I think the Knicks could be really, really good. So anyway, there was five minutes of basketball talk um, that I'm sure everyone absolutely hated. That's oh. our allocated basketball talk for the year. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we will talk to you all again next season um, when the, the Raptors are still in the middle and haven't done any of the things that we said <laughs> that they should do, because that's what it has been as a Raptor fan the last couple of seasons. Um we all knew it was coming to this point in baseball. We all just kind of knew that when this season started, we were just waiting for Batman and Bane to clear out the crowd in front of them. And the Texas Rangers would meet the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series. This is what we knew all season long coming to this point, And it has finally come to fruition. A battle of the Titans. Um, th this is the most random championship series in any league I can remember. Um, and look, like it's it, great for both teams and honestly, probably good for the league that you have all of this drama and it's not just we're killing time till the Atlanta Braves face the Houston Astros in the World Series. It's it, you, you need high level teams like that. It's fun to have a little bit of crazy mixed in every once in a while. And that's what we have this year with the Rangers against the, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. From a Blue Jays fan standpoint, it pains me because Gurriel and uh, Moreno are doing literally everything this Blue Jays team needed um, someone to do for them offensively this season and trading Varsho, uh, trading those two guys for Varsho is going to end up being one of the worst trades in Blue Jays history. Not David Wells for a guy who never pitched a game for the team, but still, you know, along those lines. Um, so that's been tough. And I'm still like it was eight years ago. I'm not at a point I can cheer for Texas. We just had a, they're, we celebrated a dude this year who got punched in the face by a guy on their team. Now he's not on their team anymore, but still. Also, I can't forgive the Rangers for having the nicest ballpark in the sport and going away from it to build a Quonset that they play in now. The ballpark in Arlington was perfection. I was there. It's amazing. Whatever they're playing in now looks like it could just plop it out on farmland that I, I saw when I was a kid growing up. Disgusting. Awful. 
but the, the Rangers are still a fun team. I will also say they seem to have gotten over their hatred of all things bat flippy. It, it's interesting that the, the fan base that absolutely hated Jose Bautista is totally fine with Annalise Garcia spiking bats and admiring as his ball goes off the wall for a single. It's it just, it's noteworthy to me. It, it Fine. Celebrate all you want, but just, you know, don't get mad at us when we do the same thing. Uh, but it's going to be a fun World Series, and I don't know if there's a whole lot of lessons from this that the Blue Jays can kind of copycat off of that aren't, hey, don't trade away two really good, fun young players. Not that I'm bitter or anything. All right, let's close with some flame stock. That's what y'all are here for. Um, by the way, the, the rest of the day, we have... Um, Real Kipper and Bourne coming up at three, then Flames Talk at four, Hockey PDO cast to, to kind of close things out at six o'clock as we get ready for a Flames game tomorrow. Calgary taking on the St. Louis Blues. Um, I was asking before, are there um are there reasons to be optimistic around this Flames team? Because I thought last night was brutal. I thought it was lifeless. I thought it was just a terrible performance from a hockey team that kind of needed to show some life and some fight after back-to-back -to -back tough ones out on the road. Um, and the answer from you guys has been, well, yeah, there's Markstrom. Uh, someone texting this in about Huberto. Uh, no offense, but we did not have Huberto and Florida. Did, or When we did not have Huberto and Florida, did everyone who was saying we needed a superstar like Huberto now that he is on our team. The point that the, it's worded a little bit different or weirdly, but the point that this is making is why are we trying to make Huberto this game breaker when he's never been that guy? Um, and the point is for me, he's being paid as such, right? Like when, when you start getting those double digits, um, we're going to need you to step it up. He has been brought in basically as a Kachuk or Gaudreau replacement as someone who needs to elevate the, the players around him. And it's not just that Huberto hasn't stepped it up. It's that that whole line um, has struggled. I, I think that like there have been some moments from Huberto, like I said, they're a bit more understated, but last night where it was, Oh, well they got tons of puck control. It's just on the outside the entire time. That was incredibly frustrating. And again, it's not that the Rangers played an overly spectacular hockey game last night, but they just completely shut the flames down. And in that third period, you were looking for some kind of a spark. That's where you need Huberto again, making 10 to step up and be that guy. He needs to be that guy going forward. Um, I don't care if he's been that before you, you are making what you are making on this team. You are in this spot of responsibility. Go out and do it. The, the flames need a, a little bit of that. I will push back on this one. Um, Someone saying that they need better locker room chemistry, saying that um, Kadri was a cancer both in Toronto and Colorado. I do not believe that for a second. Um, he was a phenomenal piece of that championship run with the Colorado Avalanche, and he was a piece that a lot of people missed out in Toronto. Um, like the the team, the the team with the Leafs. It wasn't his fault what was going on there. Yes, he made he made a couple of boneheaded things, but I, I don't think he was a locker room cancer. He was just a little fiery on the ice at times where that was not required, uh, nor was it appreciated. So uh, I think that's overstating things a little bit. I don't think there is, I don't think there's a chemistry issue or that there is a, a cancer in the locker room or anything like that. I just don't think they're playing very well. And I, I think that there is maybe a bit more of a talent deficiency than we thought there would be. It's not that there's a, a, uh, a bug in the locker room or anything like that. It's these guys who you are paying immense amounts of money to 
are not playing like players who make that amount of money. Um, it's at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Guys like Huberto, guys like Kadri, guys like Lindholm, they need to step up. And we have not seen enough from them in that sense. Going into uh, this one against the Blues here, we've now had a few players talk about how embarrassing this is, how frustrating this is, how angry they are and how they need to hate losing instead of uh, loving to win. We've heard that now for a year and a bit. It needs to be shown out on that ice coming up tomorrow night when the Flames take on the Blues. I'm not saying it's a must win. It's game eight. They can get this crap figured out, but it is... It's getting to a point where it's starting to look pretty dire. And we're talking about extending um, some players on this team, like Noah Hannafin. I would rather have Noah Hannafin than not have Noah Hannafin. But I'd rather not be locked into this team as currently constructed right now. It's a bigger conversation about where this team is going and the direction of everything. But this thing needs to get course corrected quick because this isn't just seven games in this vacuum of the 23-24 season. It is everything that happened last year bleeding into this year. And we thought coming in, the only way this team was going to have success is if that sort of thing didn't happen. You guys have been a blast uh, to chat with all day. I I've really enjoyed this. Let's do it again tomorrow, shall we? Uh, my name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at Primetime Klein. You can find a podcast that I do called Couch Potato Diary. Uh, I do it every day. It is available wherever you get podcasts. This show is going to be available in podcast nine minutes after we're done. Cam's going to top himself from the 10 minutes after the, the last one. He's going to get it up in nine minutes. I guarantee that from, from Cam. Already got the thumbs up. Uh, so the podcast will be up really, really soon. We have a jam-packed show for you guys tomorrow. It is going to be a Flames game day as Calgary takes on the Blues. Uh, Cam and I will react to a 110-85 win for the Raptors over the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's going to be a, a phenomenal day. Join us, won't you, from the DL Basement Systems downtown studio. This is Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.